Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here today with Ann Tucker and this is our personal power series and you know you better put on like your protective vest and your protective eyewear because the power that's going to come off today's show is going to be phenomenal. You've got two single moms, two successful single moms who are embracing the challenges that are thrown at them and coming up with them really creative solutions. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce, introduce you to Ann Tucker. She wrote a book, Undoubtedly Awesome, and she is undoubtedly awesome. <laughs> and she's got this great program called Wisdom Soup. I can't wait to hear about it. So tell me all about it. And how did you come up with the idea? Hi, thank you. Fantastic. So, okay. So, um, Back when I first started on my spiritual journey, I, you know, it frequently happens as you start opening up and asking questions. I gradually fell out of resonance with, with a lot of my friends. So, um, I just, I really wanted to find my peeps, you know, who is it that's thinking about the same stuff that I am, but that is, that are on the same path. So I first, I sent out like a, 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 you know, an email to a bunch of my existing friends, sort of inviting them to come have these discussions. I got crickets, literally nobody, like no one. So I was like, okay, so this is not going to happen. So I thought, okay, what's my next best shot? So I started a meetup and all I did is I, yeah, and I, I, um, I rented a space and it was an expensive space, but I thought, okay, this is, I wanted to have like a certain kind of, I wanted it to feel like we were talking about woo woo things, but I wanted it to feel safe. So I thought, okay, I'll find a nice, nice venue, stuck my flag in the ground, had no idea if anybody was going to show up. And that first meeting, and I did it with speakers. So every month I, and the first month I was a speaker, I had 20 people show up the first time, literally 20 people. And it was so much fun that I've kept it going now for three years. And I now have, uh, over 800 people are in the meetup. If you can imagine. Wow. And it has morphed into, I know, right? And I have, yeah, 800, over 800. And it's become such a community that, um, that people are showing up like it's, it's like massive life transformations from being part of this group. So it's become this whole, it started out because I had this problem, right? I had this problem that I was trying to find my tribe (laughs) and it became this huge thing in my life and in a bunch of other people's lives too, to the point where now I, I started because all these people, a lot of people that are coming are developing their gifts or their healers or their coaches or their people who are starting their own businesses. So I started the wisdom soup app, um, to help them get found, to help people find the teachers and the healers that are going to help them move forward on their journey. So then, and then that, and then from there, I started the, the Wisdom Soup Spirit Summit, which is a huge annual event, which is sold out two years in a row. So you see, it just started with literally me sticking my flag in the ground because I had a problem. And well, it's- you had a problem and you put it out to the universe to help yes. you solve it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So did you like meet lots of friends and like, so what happened? What, what are the, what are the 
like the pluses from this. Yeah, huge. I I mean, mean, literally, I have a whole, yes, like tons of wonderful, like life affirming friends that have come from this. People that are right there for me. And they not only do they show up to the meetup every month, um, but but we collaborate in all kinds of different ways. And these are my friends. We we meet for lunch. We meet for coffee. We, you know what I mean? These are my my peeps, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. So it went from a place where I really was felt very much on my own to a place where I feel really super supported, which is incredible. It is incredible. I mean, yeah. and, you know, you took what was a challenge yeah. and really flipped it around because, you know, if it's your challenge, you know, there's more people out there with that same yes. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. That's exactly what comes up when people come and find this community. And I've had people come that tell me that this is you know, that this, the, 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 the way that it's turned their life around the, the connections that they've made and the, the friendships that they've formed. So it's, it's me, but it has this whole ricochet effect that I'm not even aware of. You know, I, there will be times when I get an email from someone or someone will come up to me and hand me a card, like a thank you note saying, this is what's happened in my life because of being part of this group, which is, you don't even know it until somebody, you know, it comes up later. It's, it's really, it's, so it's, yeah, so, so it's, yes, I, I have the social, but, but there's also this deeper level of fulfillment of being part of being in, you know, being able to provide this space for well, people. Of making a difference. Yes, You know, exactly. making a difference for someone. You know, I remember when I first was in radio, I was in radio like two or three years and I, I was um, getting divorced and my mom was dying of breast cancer. So my shows dealt a lot with some pretty heavy topics. Because they were the things I wanted to talk about. You know, I talked about these things. And one of the episodes I did was talking about how I felt with my ex-husband's affair. She was my friend. We were gym workout buddies. Our kids were all friends. And, you know, kind of how devastating that fallout was. Well, the first couple episodes, I got so much pushback from people going, you shouldn't air your dirty laundry. You're poor kids. You're, you're oh. have no right to talk about, you know, um, your, you know, the, your ex-husband and his, I called it the affair partner. And I know it was probably her writing all this stuff. But, <laughs> you know, cause some of the things, you know, were awfully spot on knowing things about my life. Like you should just be do- working on this. So, <laughs> but about like, you know, and I wrote some articles for a company, Inspire Me Today, all along the same genre. It was all about divorce, recovery, broken heart, and loss of trust with not only my, my husband, but with my friends. Yeah. Because when a close friend betrays you, and then, you know, there's financial betrayal because they're using my company money to go on dates. Like there are all sorts of layers, but, and I felt really bad thinking, well, maybe I did air my dirty laundry. Maybe I did this stuff. And then I wrote these articles and even the moderator is like, wow, you know, you're really a downer. Like this is (laughs) inspiring. And, you know, you really need to give uplifting advice. And I'm like, well, validation is a big part of our healing process. So true. And like maybe a year went by. And so I stopped doing those things. Because I was getting negative pushback. Well, I get this letter, I kid you not, from this man in Iowa, an email. And he's like, you don't know me, but my wife of 50 years had an affair with my best friend. And when we were in our 70s, they decided to divorce their spouses and get married. 
And he's like, now he's like my kids, my grandchildren, they call me and they ask me if I'm okay. And he's like, I'm not okay, but I didn't know what to say. And he goes, I have listened to your shows over and over. I've read your articles. He's like, you gave me the languaging I needed to be able to tell my kids. He's like, when you said I was so ashamed that I was that family after all the good works that I've done, after all the things I've done, the community, not that I cared so much about me, but it brought shame upon my whole family. Yeah. And so I look back and I thought, you know what? It's I'm listening to the wrong people. Yeah. Because the people who were talking to me about, oh, you shouldn't air your dirty laundry, you shouldn't do this, nah, 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 you're negative, they didn't walk in my shoes. Right. This man walked in my shoes. And there, right. you know, over the years, that series is still running. Those articles are still up because one of the articles is Yoga Did Not Help Me Learn to Forgive. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to take a minute right now to thank our sponsor because I really, really love um, Best Fiends. And, you know, it's a, it's a game that you play. And if you're looking for a fun way to pass the time while engaging your brain, and they have really, really pretty visuals and a good story, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And you can collect characters in this game. And it's called Best Fiends. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And it's a puzzle game. And it's not like any puzzle game out there. It updates the game monthly. There's new levels and events. It never gets old. And if you find yourself playing in weird places, you're just like me. Sometimes I sneak into the bathroom, you know, because I limit the screen time of my kids and I'm the one, you know, who's sneaking around um, to play the games. I like to play while I'm waiting in line or, you know, when I'm just sitting there and I need a brain break because, you know, as we're talking about today, Anne, we have so much going on in our lives and there's so much to do and it just calms me down. It, it, you don't need internet to play. That's really good because you don't have to use your cell data or your Wi have Wi-Fi access and you get to collect these characters. So I really encourage you guys to, to grab this game. You can get it at, um, you can download it best fiends free on the Apple app store, or Google play, and you can engage your brain with fun puzzles and tons of cute characters. And trust me, they have over a hundred million downloads. It's a five star rated mobile puzzle game and it is such a must play. Like, you know, and I find myself playing this, you know, before I go to bed at night or sometimes early in the morning, you know, especially if I can't sleep and it's fun and it claps for me and, you know, nobody ever claps for me in my life. And so, um, you know, being, being uh, a mom is, is sometimes so thankless. And when I went around and it goes, yay, and it goes slug begetting, you know, it reminds me of that time that I was in yoga and, you know, I was stretching so hard that day that, you know, I I almost snapped like a rubber band, but I was going to beat that guy next to me. You know, this old man was next to me and he was so much more flexible than me. It really did not work for me to to learn how to forgive. Um, You know, Krav Maga punching and kicking things helped. But I realized like when you talk about a tribe. Yeah. Yeah. The tribe that resonated with me, you know, I wrote an article called love is free. Anger is expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these articles resonate with people who've been through betrayals. Yeah. Yeah. And so why am I listening to the people who haven't walked this path 
and I didn't know that at the time. And now I'm kind of beyond it. I don't even like to remember all that stuff. So I'll revisit it if it's, if it's helpful, but yeah. I'm not in the throes of it anymore. So I don't know. I suppose I could write articles about, you know, what it feels like 10 years later. Right. Right. Which you know, would be inspiring. Yeah. That would right, be, be hopeful. Exactly. And, yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. But finding your tribe when you're, hurting when you're lonely when you're frustrated when you're whatever it's so important to know who to share with and if you get negative pushback it doesn't necessarily mean what you're doing is wrong it's just not right for that person you're so right you're so right and it's really easy when people get triggered (laughs) then you get you get pushback and i'm just going to stop you right now because i want to thank our sponsor today and without great companies like talkspace sponsoring today's episode we wouldn't be on the air so we're very grateful and you know we've talked about fear today so much and being home so much especially during a crisis like this can be a huge breeding ground for anxiety we don't have the stability of our normal daily routine and our mind can fill in with the worst case scenarios. You know, life is uncertain right now and everybody's anxious. And for Mental Health Awareness Month, Talkspace Online Therapy is more committed than ever to expanding the support of anyone who is struggling. You get the support of a licensed therapist, you get the safety of your home, you can reach out from your device whenever something's on your mind. You can send a text, you can send audio, picture, video. I mean, it's really super easy. And once you're matched, you can begin therapy. So that can be the very same day, which is really important for many of us. And the bottom line for Talkspace, and I just think it's such a great program, is you deserve the support and you don't have to struggle on your own. That's why we're talking about fear today. Your Talkspace therapist can be your dedicated support system. They can be there to help you feel healthier and more empowered, even in these uncertain circumstances. So as a listener of this podcast, you get $100 off your first month on Talkspace to match you with your perfect therapist go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure you use the promo code MILITARYMOM, like today's show, that's MILITARYMOM, to get $100 off your first month and show support for the show. That's MILITARYMOM and Talkspace.com. Now, Talkspace is spelled just like it sounds, T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E, Talkspace.com. So go to Talkspace.com and use the code MILITARYMOM or do it on the app to get $100 off your first month and show your support to the show. So, and we were talking about how we both have a problem with fear. You and I sort of, st- we had a problem and, and sometimes that problem is right along where your fear is. Like, where is it that you're sad or unhappy or where are you experiencing fear? And that may be the place to step into that it, when you do, it's like all of a sudden you get super supported, right? If you're willing to take that leap into it, it's like with you getting pushback and you step into that. And then it sounds like you had a lot of success with what you were doing. Well, it, you know, it spawned more radio shows yeah. and spawned speaking engagements. You know, I speak in front of women and even, even last night, you know, I, I love these calls because every once in a while they make what I experienced valuable and not that it was like the drama end of the world. I know there's people with a lot of worse things out there, Yeah, yeah. but the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> excuse me, that was the worst thing that had happened to me. Right. Yeah. So whether my trauma is more or less than yours, the fact of the matter was it was traumatic to me. My family was everything to me. My marriage was everything to me. And, you know, my trauma and your trauma can be completely different, but Hey, heartbreak is heartbreak. Loss is loss. Grief is grief. I don't care what the, the root cause of it is. Yeah. And 
there's no way for me to validate you without recognizing what you've gone through. And if I sit in judgment and say, well, if your dog dies and you are brokenhearted for a year, that's the way you're made. That's the depth of your relationship. I've had friends whose mothers have died and they're like, yeah, she was, yeah, we didn't really have a good relationship. It really didn't bother me that much. For me, I missed my mom. I cried almost every day for a year. Yeah. You know, so you can't look at somebody's grief or pain or loss and um, make flip comments like, well, you know, it'll just get better. Like, right. Other fish in the sea. You're right. Exactly. It's like not, I hate that. Yeah. It's not cool. (laughs) No, it's not cool. And have you found that the people who say flip things like that are not even in the realm of the experiential levels you've had with whatever went on in your life? Yeah. Well, I, so I went through a similar experience, what you experienced. I had a sim, I had a betrayal as well. And, and the hardest thing I find coming out of it is, is, is my own awareness that I'm the, my desire to be able to forgive and move on and, and struggling trying to figure out how to do that. And yeah. for the people who don't relate, it's, I find that either it's because they don't want to face what's going on in their own Absolutely. life. Right? And so, and then some people who I would fall on a resonance with the people, the friends that couldn't stand with me during that time, right. they were the ones who maybe were um, really, they were uncomfortable, right? It made, you know, my situation made them look at themselves in a way that they didn't like. Absolutely. <laughs> like when I filed for a divorce and, you know, my kids were three months and three years old, who does mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. I got so many negative, um, negative, I will just call it pushback Yeah, from yeah. my peers. And a lot of those are divorced now and they were yeah. in happy marriages, but they couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. You know? And I didn't really want to raise my kids in an angry, hate filled yeah. household where there's other women involved like yeah. that. You know, I couldn't be a good mother. I, maybe some people can suck it up. I can't. Yeah. But right. when, and mine was very public because a small town and she was uh, here for 18 years. Everybody knew, you know, cause they were fooling around in public places. Like, Oh no. And, you know, sometimes women would look at me before I knew and they would be uncomfortable. And I thought, what am I like? Do I stink? Like <laughs> I couldn't figure out what, you know, but they knew. Uh, like, you know, when you're, when you're married and you have young children and you're, you know, your partner's a philanderer. Yeah. Other women know, and yeah. they don't want to come and be your friend because it's awkward as all get out. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it's really, I find that, that, that I think that the, the way out of it for me was coming to the understanding. Cause in the beginning with my, my, you know, you, you, you need to have that validation, like you talked about. Like to, but the but the key thing about that is understanding that the person who needs to validate it is is you, right? The person who needed to validate it from me was me. That it didn't didn't matter how many people I told it to, it would never sort of answer my own internal upset. It had to get to a place where I sort of said, okay, this is how I feel, and it's okay, right? right? That 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 the, and what happened. And here's the crazy thing: I have to say, this is what happened, and it's real. Like it really did happen. My experience is real. This actually happened as bad as I think it is. All of that is true. 
and right. getting to a place where I really could, because it's like when something bad happens to you, you have this weird disbelief, this feeling like, yeah, well, and you disassociate, like yes. I like kind of moved over into this other alternate reality where exactly. it didn't really exist. Yeah. Yeah. And you, it's part of it is, is it's like, well, wait a minute, this kind of stuff doesn't happen to me. And, right. and like, I, you know, I didn't deserve this. What, how, why did it, it couldn't, you right, know, right. I go yes. to church, you know, I yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, why is this happening? Right. Yeah. It doesn't make um, any sense. So that there's this really strong feeling of disbelief. So I think that validation is really an internal where you just have to acknowledge yourself over yeah. and over again. Yes, it happened. Yes, it's true. It's as bad as it looks. It's, you know, really lay it out and allow yourself to believe it and then get to a place once you've done that, then the next step is then to understand that all of it happened for you, that nothing happened to you, right. that it's all there for you and to understand what it's there for, right? To get to that place okay. where you start to see that, no, there is a way in which this was a gift that I coming now, here I am years past all of that. And my life is, nothing is the same and it's so much better and it would never have gotten to this place. I needed that to completely shake me free of everything that I was embroiled in at the time. Like all of my foundations were gone. Right. It burns and, everything to the ground. For yeah, some exactly. Yeah. Total, yep. total burn down. And that was really in service to me. And yeah. now when I look back at that time, I recognize that, that I believe that we choose a lot of the major choices, major events that happen in our lives, we plan those before we get here. The marriages, the, the divorces, the, the big events, I really believe that those are things that we, that we make arrangements before we get here to make sure that we stay on a particular path. Sure. And I believe that the role that my husband at that time played was, while I might not be crazy about him as, as, as who he is incarnate in this lifetime, I'm grateful to his higher self for being willing to be the schmuck in my life. <laughs> There you go. In order to shake me free of everything, I was asleep. You know, I was I was sleepwalking through my life. Oh my and, god, me too. I, yes, I say that like it's so weird because you're in Seattle, yeah. I'm in LA. We've never yeah. met in person, but yeah. I like, I was sleepwalking through my life. And you know what clued me in when you were talking about that about like you know having kind of this you know you get off your path and you know your life course corrects to go back on yeah. the path. Yeah. When I was in my early 20s I was writing for a large publishing house writing romantic fiction writing romantic comedies loved doing that working oh, for CBS wow. and Disney. Well then I got married and then I kind of shifted onto the I'll just say like a money grubbing path. Yeah. I left all that. I went to a large real estate house. I was, you know, in management, making a lot of money, the cars, the furs, the, I really do. I still have my beaver fur coat. I love it. Sometimes I sleep <laughs> under when I'm cold. I got it in Canada um, in a snowstorm, but you know, <laughs> all these things, you know, and expensive watches, all these things. And then I had my kids and I, I really had built this massive acquisitional life. Yeah. But I wasn't happy, you know, and yeah. I wasn't happy with my spouse. And um, I was as much part of it as he was. And we could have worked things out. And the, the way I say that is before I pulled the trigger on my divorce, I exhausted everything. I read books. I went to therapy. We went to couples counseling. Like, and when there was no other option, yeah. I mean, it didn't help that he was already living with the new girlfriend. So that kind of sped things along. <laughs> the brightest bulb in the chandelier when it comes to this stuff. But I had to do it at my own pace so that when I pulled the trigger on the marriage, I could 
say to my kids someday, and I've had to say this, I did everything I could. I did everything in my power. I exhausted all the resources when yeah. there no other option left. That's when I filed from divorce from your dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that I could walk away feeling okay that I had exhausted everything in my power to make it right. 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 That when that also gives you a freedom to start building something new. And, and in my divorce, I lost my house, my company, um, uh, my savings, you know, burned it all to the ground. Yeah. And now I'm in the build back. I'm about 10 years into the build back. I have a nice home. You know, there's always another home. So if you lose yeah. your home, just go, there's always another home. Right. Um, but I finished a book <laughs> that I started before my marriage. And it's oh, at a wow. publisher right now. And it's yeah. romantic comedy. And I'm like, how did I get so off track? Wow. And my romantic comedy now has so much more depth because I went through a very painful situation. So when you look yeah. at are things ordained, do we agree to these things? Are they yeah. course correcting us back on the path? Now in the middle of it, you'll probably support me on this one. When you're going through it, there is no like recognition of like, I signed on for this and this is all ordained and it's just correcting my life. You know, at that point I was taking these journals and writing so many profanity words in them yes. that my hand would ache and then I'd have to burn them and throw them out. Like I threw one out in a Walmart parking lot, like 20 miles from my home. Yeah. Yeah. In California, you can't set fires or you burn the whole side down. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to drive to this Walmart because there's so much trash there, the trash cans. And I stuffed it way down from the bottom. Now, no one would know my handwriting. You couldn't read it anyway. And there's tear stains all over it. Yeah. But one oh. journal got too hot with all that emotion. I had to jettison it. Yeah. 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 Good thing you did. Right. You don't want that sitting around your house. Oh my gosh, it, they're like, mom's a psycho. How many times did she write the F word? And, you know, we kind of laugh about these things, but that's what it feels like yeah. in the middle of it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that is one of the hardest things is, is you have this weird, this weird separation. Like you said, you do sort of become disembodied and you're aware that you have all these negative feelings and all this pain yeah. and you don't want to have it and you don't know how to get rid of it. Right. And that's, that's the struggle in the beginning. It's like, I don't want to feel this way and I don't know how to not feel this way. And but that's, you have to sit with it. You do. You have to, yeah, you have to sit with, you have to go through the process. Yep. Right. You and have to go through that process. And I think that first step is, is that, acknowledging it for yourself is, is yes, this is becoming re-embodied. You know, that's the first step is saying, yes, this happened. It's all true. Like that to me was the most reassuring thing is that just telling myself over and over again, this was true. This really happened. This really happened. Cause a lot of affairs yeah. are in secret. Yes. You, like exactly. I didn't see all the things other people saw. It was just mm -hmm. a fact mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was told to me, you know, like yeah. one of my friends walked in on her husband and his girlfriend in their bed. Okay. Ugh. That's a shock. Thank right. God I didn't kill anyone. Yeah. But for most of us, it's just a fact. Like it's mm -hmm. just a statement of something. And then you see them together. Like the first time I saw them together, I was like, Oh, like I just looked at them. Like, I guess it is real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's yeah. funny because I have a, I have a, a newspaper cover for my small town of a Toys for Tots event I did. And it's really funny because it's me in the front 
standing with my award and all the Marines around me. Oh. And then my ex-husband and his girlfriend are standing behind me and they're together like a couple. And this was way before I oh found my out. God. So I was digging through some old papers and I looked at it and I thought, how did I not see that? Like, how did I not? <laughs> but you know what? I'm working. I've got two little kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not going to see everything. And maybe I didn't want to. I, I can't look back and go, I was in denial, but yeah. I can't look back and say I recognized it either. Yeah, 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 exactly. Now it's, it's, a, it's a really tough thing, but it is going through that process and getting to the point. Like now I can, I can, there's, I have no heat around that issue at all yeah. anymore. Like right. zero, which I was, it's, I'm so happy about that. And that's been years where it's been like, yeah, I'm totally good with it. You know what I mean? It's, I don't have any pain. I have no discomfort. Like it's, yes, it's not a person that I'm excited to be around ever. And I avoid because it's not, it's not, it's just not somebody that I'm happy well, to be I around. Not, right. Like it's, it, I don't have animosity and that's Yeah, no, I'm I wish him well, actually. That, yeah. Putting all that heat in those journals, you know, writing yeah. them out and I did mm-hmm. go to therapy, you know, all and released all that, that energy around it. Um, but that person today isn't someone I would ever be friends with today. Like exactly. that's, that's person. a good yeah, that's a good way of phrasing because it's not, there's no heat. It's just that it's, no, it's not somebody that I like. It's not somebody that I would choose to be friends with. Right. And right. yeah. And, you know, was I married to this person? Yes. Did I have children with this person? Yes. You know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's interesting how you can become so blasé about it when something caused you so much pain. Yeah. And then you're just, and it, you know, the other thing that happens too, and you know, I lost my mom during the same, like my divorce was final in July. My mom died in September. So, you know, it was a, it was a rough time for me. And, you know, when you talk about forgiveness, I think one of the things that was really hard for me, and this is the difference between a death and then a loss. Yeah. They're both, you know, they're both issues. They're both the same thing, but a death, there's a finality to it. Right. With a failed marriage, with a divorce, you know, with a, um, dealing with a co-parent, yeah, is continual. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at the forgiveness process, um, you know, and I know like somebody can't help but die, like right, right. <laughs> you have to forgive them for dying. <laughs> there is, you know, there is some similar corollaries to this stuff between like a, a loss of a parent and a loss of a spouse, loss of a marriage, you know, they're all losses. Yeah. And then when you look back at yourself and go, wow, I kind of blew three years of my life of being like what I am today yeah. because I was grieving. So there is forgiveness. And then with your co-parent or your ex-spouse, sometimes there's re-forgiveness called for yeah. because they continue to do offenses to you, to your family, to that your- That is super true. Yeah. No, and that's so super forgiveness true. isn't just a one shot deal. So when you say, well, I forgive my ex-husband, I forgive myself for my part of the marriage, then, you know, something happens with the co-parent and you're like right back at square one. <laughs> and so I like yeah. to use the term re-forgiveness. Some yeah. of these events in our lives cause us to have to re-forgive and work through some of those things, because even though there's old stuff, it's a new betrayal. It's a new whatever. Right, right. Yeah. And that that definitely is true. And I find 
I know for, for myself in that marriage, there was, it was a karmic relationship for me and there was, it didn't fully leave my life. Like it was, the marriage was over and I had gotten to a place of forgiveness, but then it reemerged. Like you said, all of our issues around the kids later. And that was because there was, I hadn't totally cleared the karma around it. And once I finally did, once I got the, the every last bit of it cleared out, then he literally moved across the country and there's, I literally, it's like he's completely out of my life in every way, which is fabulous, you know, which is fabulous. And like I said, I'm totally clean on the issue and I really do genuinely wish for him the very best. Like I wish, wish him well I have, and I'm grateful for who I, I'm grateful for his role in how I, who I am today. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, Absolutely. I'm not grateful for the things that he did. Yeah, I'm exactly. For the lessons that I learned. I'm great. Cause there are a lot of gems that come out after you get over the hump. You know, if someone's mm-hmm. listening today and they're going through the throes that they just found out, you know, their friend betrayed them, their husband betrayed them, whatever these things are, yeah. give yourself some time because this yeah. like Zen epiphany doesn't come <laughs> for years. Like it takes a while. I mean, there yeah. was a good year that I was just like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, no, it took me a long time. And I finally read, there was a book that really helped me called Radical Forgiveness oh. uh, by Colin Tipping. And it is a knock your socks off, incredibly good book that helps you reframe um, uh, everything, whatever it is that is burdening you, whether it be, you know, relationship issues or, you know, uh, you know, the stuff from your childhood, whatever, whatever burdens you're carrying, it takes you through a forgiveness process that is, is fantastic. Um, and just helps you kind of reshift. And when, at the time I found it, I had, I had sort of come to that awareness on my own, um, through a lot of trial and error and then found this book and had it all beautifully laid out. I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I'd had this, you know what I mean? Two years ago. Yeah, but, but maybe so- you weren't ready. Like yeah, I really yeah. believe that the stuff, comes to us yeah. when we're ready. Because if you had handed me that book like two weeks after I filed for divorce, I'd be like, are you freaking kidding me? Like right. I am right. not doing all this. Like I am not. <laughs> you know, because it will so come to you and, and you know, you'll, you will get through it. Like these yeah. things that happen. Like, you know, when your mom is terminal cancer, you know, it's an awful process to go through. You will get through it and there will be a day you laugh again and, and, and feel good, you know, I yeah. don't think you ever get over the loss, but you learn to live with it. Yeah. You know, it's actually funny. I found that that during the grieving process, when you get go through something difficult, that it's like I've always, before I went through something hard, I always thought that happy and sad were opposites, that you were either happy or you were sad. And then I found from my experience that it was like I had two separate dials. I had the happy dial and I had the sad dial. And it was possible for me to be really, really happy and really, really sad at the same exact time. time. Yeah. Which was confusing at the time. And it great because wouldn't it be awful if your life was just all doom and gloom, right? Right. (laughs) Well, then you'd probably be bipolar. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe their dials are merged or something. Emotions are complex. And when you look at like sadness is different than grief. Like, yeah sadness is a component of grief. Like when you're grieving, you know, there's confusion, there's, there's like ruminating, there's lack of sleep, there's all these things. And was I sad? Yes. But sadness didn't cover the hole in my heart. And like my friend Janet lost her son at the same time. Jack, Jack uh, died uh, at age four from pediatric 
uh, brain cancer, DIPG. My mom died five days later. So Janet and I were friends and we were grief buddies and we would walk around and people would like run from us. We had dead kid lady, dead mom lady, and you know, our eyes are swollen and you know, and we would just sit together and have tea or sit together out and she'd talk about Jack. I would talk about my mom and two totally different experiences, but with shared grief. You know, I'm not saying mine or hers were any worse. I think hers is worse. I think losing a child is worse than losing a parent. I think losing a parent is kind of the natural order of things. Right. Yeah. Child isn't. And, you know, and he suffered like my mom. And so we could talk about the hospital. We could talk about the drugs and talk about some things, but we could also laugh because when I would tell people and, you know, hopefully you'll, you will laugh at this one, but when my mom was being interred, they didn't tell me to not walk on the green carpet that the green carpet covers the hole, but they put the urn on the table. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this. Oh no. They put the urn on the table in the green carpet. I thought you'd put the table over the hole. That's what I would do. So people like me going up to (laughs) eulogize your mom, don't step in the hole and fall in up to your knee in front of everybody. My brother took a picture and put it on Facebook. So <laughs> I can text you the picture and you'll see me grab the table like, whoa, that would be a really, really good LA, photo walk on carpets here. That'd be a know? good photo for this episode of stepping into your personal power. <laughs> yes. So how to fall into your mother's grave by Sandra Beck. <laughs> but you know, there's funny in that. Now, was it sad? Yes. My mom's grave, my mom's ashes are putting in the ground. Of course, it's a terrible, horrible story. Right. <laughs> you know, and Janet tells me this great story about in trying to relieve Jack's symptoms from the steroids, she made her own, this was before pot was legal in California. She made her own CBD oil. Like she went out to Malibu, bought from the guy that she knew was, everything was clean. And then she, I don't know, boiled the oil. I don't know, whatever she did. <laughs> but she knew from, from anecdotal evidence from other countries that the CBD oil would help this, the effects of the steroids and oh, wow. could stimulate his um, eating, you know, things like that. So, you know, you're a yeah. mother, you're going to try anything for your oh, child. Oh yeah, for sure. To give them relief. So she was telling me how she was rubbing it on his belly and rubbing it on his belly. And she's like, all of a sudden she's like, I was floating out of my body because she didn't put any gloves on. So the oil with the stuff, whatever that stuff was, you know, and it wasn't like it was medical grade. So she's high as a kite. Her kid's high as a kite. You know, we would laugh, you know, but you know, most people won't find those things funny. Right, right. But when you're grieving, you need to do, I really think you need a grieving buddy, like a grieving yeah. support buddy where you can laugh and you can cry and you can just point out the lunacy of some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's all the way around for whatever it is that you're grieving. I totally agree because it just is part of that validation is that this, yes, this is a real experience. It's, I mean, that's, that is the struggle in the beginning is trying to understand that this, yes, has happened and and sort of trying to come to terms with the fact of whatever it is, the fact that it happened. Yeah. yeah. One fact can shift everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're just, you know, and that's, I think about coming into your power because everybody's going to have something in their lifetime. Yeah. And yeah, probably it's more true. than one. 
Yeah. And something, and I think that they are, they really are an opportunity. And I, I believe that they're all purposeful. I believe that those big events are pre-planned and they're there to serve us. And it's like they're markers along our lifespan that one way or another, we're going to get to this point and it's going to disrupt and help to send us in on a different path. And, you know, and, and they have different purposes. Like sometimes it's resolving old karma. Sometimes it's because you're trying to wake up, right? Sometimes it's whatever it is. But, but I think it is, um, it's, it takes, it takes a while, right? It's not a, it's not instant. It's not like something, one of these things happen. And just because you're aware then all of a sudden you're all better. It's like we talked about is it, it takes, it takes some work in to get to the place where you can release everything that you need to release and get to a place where you're feeling, where you're getting the benefits of it. Right. 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 You got to kind of ride through the storm. I mean, that's yeah. really what it is. Cause there's, you know, I, I wrote in my day planner, I have one of those Franklin planners and I wrote in my day planner, a C every day that I cried because I, I knew that if I got to like 90 days, like I would have to go like get some drugs or get some, you know, like <laughs> but I look back and go, I didn't fight it, you know, and yeah. I didn't walk around town crying to anybody who most of the crying I did was at my desk or I used to take this walk up the mountain by my house and I would get to a certain trigger point, like beyond where most people would walk on the hike and yeah. cry. And I would, and I didn't even know half the time why I was crying, but it was this release of energy. And sometimes it would bubble up so deep that I wonder if it was like lifetimes. Yeah. Of, yeah. You know, so you just kind of roll with it, you know, put yourself in a safe environment, put yourself in an environment where you're not going to bother or disturb other people. Yeah. Just let it rip. And, you know, sometimes it would, I would get so hot. I was like the heat miser. My whole body would be on fire. Yeah. As this energy, I don't know if it releases or passes through me, but whatever it did, it left. Yeah. Yeah. And that heat is, that heat is, I think that's what it is, is that it is the release. It's things, the energy moving and releasing, and it generates a lot of heat. And I think that crying is like the best thing that you can do, right? Is it helps it to move through you as long as it's um, not self-pitying crying, right? If you, if you're constantly telling yourselves, telling yourself the bad story over and over and over again and making it worse for yourself, that can be, that can be a destructive right, can be a, cycle. A certain cycle. Yeah. But if you're just crying to release crying, cause you're trying to release it, that's, that's really constructive. Well, it'll bubble up and it usually happens. Like I think the difference is my self pity cries. I'm yeah. still, my releasing cries, I was always moving. I could be on the treadmill. I could be hiking. Yeah. I could be in my spin bike. Yeah. I could be, you know, in one of my Krav Maga classes. Like, if you want to see what's in you, take a martial arts class, just a normal one. You're not trying to be like Karate Jane. Yeah, yeah. So, and I took this Krav Maga, which is Israeli martial arts, and the one thing they had us do was punch the bag. Oh, wow. And I would be punch the bag, punch the bag. And I'd look around, there'd be like five of us moms, all like tears running down our face. Because <laughs> there's something about the process of punching yeah. that starts to release emotion. And I don't yeah. even know what I was bawling for. Like, yeah. like I was bawling for any specific thing. It just was releasing. And, you know, and then after you feel so good. Yeah. Because a good cry is almost violent. A good cry isn't just sitting there weeping. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree that it gets things moving. That that I notice. So I'm I'm also a healer and I can do hands-on healing. And when I do that with people, I notice that that um they will get really, really hot. 
or that the energy as it's going through becomes and that heat is, I think it's cathartic. Is that it's, it's like it's pushing through and burning through resistance and helping to push it out. Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. something, you know, I'll mm -hmm. that. it's something. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? We're boy, we're at the top of the hour. So I need to say goodbye to you. This was super fun. How yes. can people find out more about you? Uh, AnnTucker.com is where you can learn. I have lots of links there to the different things that I'm involved in, both Wisdom Soup and my book, Undoubtedly Awesome, and my business coaching program, which teaches you the seven different forms of manifestation that are needed to grow your business. It's called Business Energetics. It's there as well. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you guys will be back again next week. I hope you got some personal power from any of the trauma that you're going through in your life. And just hold on to the fact that you will get through this. It will get better. You will get to the other side and create some gems out of it if you do the work. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio.